everyone, it's Roger and James here from the What's On Disney Plus podcast. In this week's episode, we're going to be talking about all the Marvel Disney Plus shows and movies that have been rumored. There's been tons of them this week. We're going to be talking about the Taylor Swift special. We'll be talking about the family sing-along special that's going to come to Disney Plus. Um, mm-hmm. Also some new announcements, including Just Beyond and The Right Stuff. So before we jump into any of that, just a quick bit of housekeeping. First off, a huge thank you to all of our patrons for the podcast. Um, so a big thank you to Andrew Giuseppe, Joshua Judy and what's on Netflix for all of your support. I really makes all the difference and make sure that the podcast can continue to run as it is. And also just to be kind to everyone that does subscribe. And if you haven't already done so, make sure you do it. You can do it on like YouTube and also on podcast services. So let's jump into it. So let's start off with one that I um, was not quite expecting this week. Um, Taylor Swift, City of Lover concert. It's going to be coming to Disney Plus. It's going to be coming to ABC first on Sunday, May the 17th, just after the American Idol final. It will then be available the following day on Hulu and Disney Plus. It was a concert that was filmed in September last year in Paris, France, and it's going to be the only concert I think that she's going to be putting on this year now is this kind of thing. Um, this kind of came out of nowhere, and I was like, okay, I really like this. I like the idea of this. What did you think of it? Yeah, uh, surprise, certainly. Uh not something I'll probably end up watching, but it's really good content for them to have. I realize she's an extremely popular artist. She does good shows, uh, entertaining shows. So having this on Disney Plus is something that you could potentially probably quite play quite a bit of uh, if you've got uh, fans of her in the household. I mm. uh, Win-win. Yeah. I mean, we don't yet know if it's going to be international, if it's just going to be US, and how long it will be on there. It might be a long lease, or it might just be a short-term thing. This is the thing sometimes with these ones we don't yet know. Um, I'll be honest, I'm actually, I mean, I've actually been a Taylor Swift fan probably way back in the country days, when I remember we were touring out around America, and her album came out, and that was just, it blew up while we were out there and she was so i've been kind of a fan for you so i'm gonna watch this one this was like yeah cool i mean i've watched the ones that were on netflix and a documentary and stuff already so i was like this is great this is a surprise it's great to see disney kind of getting in on this i also love the fact that it's arriving on disney plus the day after it airs on abc i think this is a, a great move for them this is what they need to start doing more of of trying to you know it's that kind of thing of going okay, here it is, it's on ABC, it's a big special, but it's also coming to Hulu and Disney Plus, kind of turned it into this, you know, suddenly then it's bigger and more people are going to watch it. And, you know, I think we are starting to see this a lot more and I'm hoping we're going to see this more and more as it goes on of the idea of utilizing some of these big specials across both platforms makes more sense. Um, I was just like, yeah, this is exactly the kind of thing that Disney Plus needs right now. Yeah, I agree. And I'll probably even check it out anyway. I know this is going to sound weird. I'm not very familiar with her music at all. Uh, I realize she's gigantic and uh, massively popular, but other than probably like her most popular songs, I don't really know her work. So I'll probably give it a shot. Yeah, no, I thought this was good. I mean, also tying into that one, we've got the Disney Family Sing Along Volume 2. That's going to be coming um, tomorrow on Mother's Day uh, on ABC and then be arriving on Disney Plus on Tuesday. Again, kind of the, the statement that it was US, though with that one there, I am suspecting that will be global like the same way the first volume is. I'm looking forward to seeing this one. Um, I mean, at this precise minute, anything that's a bit different and not the same repeats and just, I just thought the first one was, it was nice, easy going stuff. And I'm glad they're kind of jumping back into it. Always throws me off with Mother's Day because the UK Mother's Day was back in uh, March. 
So I'll put, I've got an article going up while we're recording this one about Mother's Day. And there's going to be a, so much confusion because all the Brits and stuff are going, what, what, what? No, ours was months ago. <laughs> And well, it, I did have a look. We're the only ones that do it. The Arsenal Island. I don't know why we do it, but it did. It's that's going to be coming a nice big, not quite the day after, but the day after after. So at least kind of, and they put it in the press release, which was nice. Oh, I think they're getting a little bit better on the uh, realizing that they have a global audience. Um, so they have metric Mother's Day and regular Mother's Day, yeah. which is kind of nice. I do think that we need. I'm hoping that we start seeing a little bit more of this from like National Geographic and ABC and the Disney Channel, where they start at least acknowledging what um, you know, because most of their press releases never state about Disney Plus, and you can kind of, you know obviously we can work out roughly, but things are changing, things are moving fast. I mean, I don't know if you saw this, but there was a lot of reports of how fast uh, cord cutting is taking is taking off right now, especially in the US. Um, they are just like just hemorrhaging subscribers because suddenly now I think maybe now right now all the sports disappeared everyone's looking at trying to cut back their money and um, cable is expensive and realizing well all the stuff we want to watch isn't on cable we don't need it and also maybe got the time to do the comparisons and just a lot of movement going on right now in cord cutting yeah I think the sports is a huge issue especially um, the major sports here in the states Mm and obviously soccer football is huge yeah. uh, in Europe, but here in the States, like lack of baseball right now uh, and people looking at the upcoming American football season and going, Oh, if I can't watch that, why do I even have television? Uh, yeah. And then there's also, you know, television, you have to be there at the time when the thing airs. I mean, sure you've got DVR, but yeah. if you're going to DVR it anyway, then just do it uh, Disney plus or Netflix and watch it anytime you want. It, people want to watch things and they want to be able to watch it when they're available so it makes sense and it's it's one of those uh shifts that we're seeing you know the shifts away from movie theaters the shifts away from uh various outdoor activities and things like that and it's it's something that was coming anyway yeah but the whole uh COVID-19 has just accelerated it it's kind of funny as well because I mean your sort of initial assumption would be like well people aren't going to get rid of it now because they're all at home and it's almost that kind of weird thing of it's, it's sped it up because you know like you said I'm wondering if people are looking at their costs and going well everything I want's on you know it's like now you need probably three to five streaming services to get a, a reasonable amount of content you can't just survive on the one anymore and I think that's where it's going and people are looking at it going, well, actually, yeah, okay. All of this together is still so much cheaper than the cable packages and it's just not as convenient. And all the, all the, also, I mean, look at all the originals. They're all on, I mean, how often do you really hear about now of kind of specials and um, things where you go, Oh, that's on trust. Well, you can't watch on a streaming service. It's, it's not, but it's not yeah. like that. And it's much easier to focus on streaming services. You can go, I want Netflix because it's got Stranger Things. I want Disney mm. Plus because it's got The Mandalorian and Clone Wars. Yeah. Uh, whereas if you want The Clone Wars on television, you get the Disney XD channel, but that, inc- that includes a whole bunch of other channels that you don't care about. And I think also there's a lot of people at home during normal work hours now, you know, that nine to five yeah. weekday thing. And they're, you, know, you, you turn the TV on at two o'clock in the afternoon, you're like, my choices are The Price is Right or uh, Family Feud or some absolutely terrible daytime television. Yeah, I, I did. I'd actually rather ha- turn on Disney Plus. I had a, this conversation with my mum the other day where I did turn on and go, 
mum, can you just get Netflix for a month or two? Stop watching Escape to the Country in the afternoons and start watching some like big dramas or something. Just just watch something better than just the, the drivel that's on on us on a weekday. <laughs> it's just like just you know, even if you just watch two things, just get off from you know just the mind-numbing afternoon TV. But it is all starting to speed up. And Disney Plus, I mean, they pull in on their quarterly. Results this morning, 54.5 million subscribers worldwide. Hulu only went up a little bit. Hulu's not really kind of gaining momentum, but Disney Plus just keeps on growing. A lot of some people are going to go, well, they've not grown as much as we thought. They've, if they grabbed everybody, it's like, well, yeah. But the thing is, how many people may have dropped, but have kept on and things like that? Yeah, and there's also been a couple launches in the market, a couple coming up soon. Uh, it seems we're getting news about HBO Max pretty much every day. And mm. honestly, that looks like a really exciting uh, streaming platform. So I could see people at least going, ah, I'll just hold on to Netflix until HBO Max comes out, yeah, particularly if you don't have young kids. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I've been watching kind of all the HBO Max stuff because I'm kind of keeping an eye on it because obviously there's going to be some Fox content and stuff that will be available on there that we would want on Disney+. Plus. But as well as that, they are only going into, they're only going in the US. They aren't going international and that they've kind of, they're just quite happy uh, licensing out their content out to Sky and stuff over here. So for like, for me, um, essentially, Peacock and HBO Max are actually all in one platform called Now TV over here. So I'm already a subscriber and we're watching a number of shows and stuff right now. So it's like, I kind of got the both of them interconnected, but they're not got as much back, um, back catalog stuff. But yeah, I would say that the, it's, it's a bit of an odd one with that, with those ones. Cause they're just not, they're not thinking, they're, they're still thinking very old school on them. Yeah. And we'll, yeah, they, they've got to get international if they want yeah. to get success, especially if they want to get in, say, the Indian and uh, Chinese yeah. markets. Uh, but I imagine they're they're just focusing on getting it working first. Yeah, and also um, I think CBS Access they're planning a kind of a, a complete overhaul later this summer. They're going to be because they've recently been married with Viacom, and they're going to start introducing like Nickelodeon and MTV and, and Paramount content into that. And I think we're going to end up get I think within a couple of years we're going to get down we're going to start seeing a few a few mergers a lot of the little stuff kind of closing off i definitely think warner brothers need to go through their line and go how many services do we need um but yeah i think it's all it's all moving around quite a bit at the minute yeah uh, and as you kind of alluded to there there's a lot of consolidation going around so the number of services I'm sure that we'll have some announcements of new things coming down the yeah. line uh, as everyone tries to get into the game. But I think more and more we're going to get stuff like uh, rather than launching their own service, uh, you know, Paramount is going to be now on CBS All Access or something. Well, like CBS that. is, I think Paramount is owned by Viacom. Yeah, I, I know. So, I was, yeah, yeah, yeah. I was kind of struggling yeah. to come up with a studio. Yeah, because I think like Sony is one that um, kind of comes up as a. A thing now of just they haven't got enough content to do their own so they're kind of licensing out to other bits and pieces which is hilarious because i always thought of sony as like a big big media producer but actually it turns out most of the media isn't video it's more yeah. uh, music and, and things like that mm -hmm. uh, i could see them going any number of ways obviously we would like them for spider-man and, and a couple of the other back catalog mm -hmm. uh marvel items and things like that but they really could go anywhere yeah, and I think the Trump, I think there will be obviously some issues going on with all of this. But let's move on now. And speaking of Spider-Man, we might as well jump over to that one now. Um, a lot of Marvel news this week. There's been a lot of rumors of TV shows, a lot of 
I think right now we're in a situation where a lot of, even during the quarterly results, but like I said, all the teams are working through like Zoom conferences and things like that. And basically planning, they're doing a lot of planning, a lot of creative work, a lot of writing, a lot of uh, sorting out and just taking this time to get everything in place. And with that, there has just been tons of like bits of news about early development on Marvel shows and slash movies because we're not entirely sure where they're going to go. So let's go through some of the ones that uh, that have come up. First off, Ironheart is a series coming to uh, Disney+. Plus. Now, this one that I've actually seen um, listed on like the production weekly list. So this is like not just a rumor. This one is actually, there is some work going on this and they are doing it. So an Iron. So I don't really know too much about this character. Were you? Uh, she was a Tony Stark alternative character yes. um, for a while when Tony was dead. Her name is uh, Riri Williams, I believe, and she was kind of a part of this wave of super smart teenage characters that Marvel yeah. pushed a few years back. Don't see her pop up all that often, but she is considered one of the smartest people in mm. the. Uh, in the Marvel universe, she her claim to fame was basically reclaiming an old Iron Man suit and uh, retrofitting it, which is no small feat. So, yeah. she doesn't have any particularly famous storylines or uh, plots attached to her, so they can really do whatever they want with yeah. her and just uh, stick with the character who has a lot of potential. But uh, yeah, th- there's not much there, which is probably to their advantage, honestly. Yeah, because in some ways they can do everything fresh and they're not tied to a massive amount of history like they are with the other characters. So that one there is a is at least moving into. We've I've seen some information about that being being worked on in the early stages. Um, moving on from there, apparently all the She-Hulk uh, scripts are now uh, finished. The writer of the series has basically put out a tweet saying that the you know does anyone need any writer does anyone need a writer because we're done so uh that was good on really on the she-hulk that's again this is what we're going to be seeing a lot of going forward oh um, yeah yeah well uh there, there's not much room for them yeah. to be uh, <laughs> just kind of sitting around not writing so no, it's good. Um, also, apparently a Marvel Secret Warriors project is also in um, early development. And this comes from um, Geeks Worldwide. They are saying that this could be a spin-off of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., which obviously is coming up for its seventh season right now because the character has primarily been around Quake and also had like Yo-Yo and had some other characters as well, like um, in different variations of them. But not sure again if it's a Disney Plus series or a movie. More likely going to be a series again, but they, I think they're they're planning for that next phase after what we've got now. And these are all going to end up probably leading up to a new teams and stuff. But Secret Warriors, what do you think of them? Potentially interesting. I do like the character of Quake. I've liked her since not exactly her introduction when uh, she was a bit annoying in the first couple episodes. But once she got powers in the, I think it was the second season, she really became a much more interesting character. That said, there is a history to the Secret Warriors, and it's entirely possible that it's not in any way connected to the Agents of Shield. There are, there was a team before this version, which now includes characters like Quake, uh, Miss Marvel, and, and things yeah. like that, or people like that. And the name could mean a lot of different things. I yeah. suspect that that most of the the rumors are 
assuming that the rumors yeah. themselves are correct, they're referring to a modern version of the team, but they could take it in a number of different directions. And I was wondering as well of whether or not all of this is all like leading up to maybe like, you know, like a Defenders kind of thing where you have like individual series of like Miss Marvel, Ironheart, you know, and then they build into a super team like they did with Defenders and build up to it with, I don't know if She-Hulk was in it, but that was A-Force. They all, I mean, the characters all jump around all these different teams anyway, don't they? To be honest, the it's more guideline than rule. Yeah. They, can, they can do whatever <laughs> they want with it. Like, I know the project is defunct now, but they had Squirrel Girl on New Warriors. Yeah. She was never a New Warrior. Uh, mm. So really, for the movies and television, they can just go, uh, let's take the popular characters, attach them to this team, and see what we get from that. Yeah, and also another uh, another thing currently in development, apparently Marvel are in early development on a Ghost Rider project. Um, this one here was um, reported by MCU Direct. They're saying that's, uh, again, not sure if it's a movie or a Disney Plus series in the very, very early stages. It wouldn't resist around the character we've seen in Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., Gabriel Luna, who was a Robbie... Robbie Ray's mm-hmm. um, and because they already had a series that they were working on and then that's been cancelled that was supposed to be coming to Hulu they cancelled that one and I guess I guessed that when they cancelled that TV show they were on the of no we want Ghost Rider for ourselves thank you very much we don't want this kind of weird Hulu thing muddy in the waters anymore those yeah I mean what do you think of another Ghost Rider He's never really been my favorite character, but he is a popular character and he's a well-known character. It would make sense for it to be a higher profile uh, release than a spin-off of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. I did like the version of Ghost Rider. I thought uh, he was a lot of fun and enjoyable, but it, it does make more sense for them to, to kind of turn it into its own thing rather than building off Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Plus, it does seem like they kind of want to move away from Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. There's still some yeah. licensing issues going on there. Uh, yeah. Netflix has the, the streaming rights, and there's some kind of fuzziness about whether any spinoffs of it would also end up on Netflix, yeah. at least temporarily. So I could see them just going, no, uh, maybe Robbie can show up as a, like a guest star at some point, but they're probably going to go with like Johnny Blaze. Well, obviously, we've had the, the Johnny, uh, was it Nicolas Cage movies they were i i enjoyed them when they came out I did, at the time it was a bit like we were so we were completely unaware of the concept of interconnected movies everything was just on its own and that was it but i always liked the first one i can't really remember the second one in the slightest which is probably never a good sign i don't remember either i don't think i ever <laughs> saw either of them honestly like i said ghost rider was never one of my my characters so i, I didn't pay it too much attention was, isn't there a team with like moon knight ghost rider daredevil what what, what of the well, that, defenders, it goes There's under a, a couple of different. Yeah, uh, Mar- Marvel, Marvel Knights. Yeah. yeah, is the normal one. There, there have been a couple other ones. Secret Defenders uh, yeah. was another one. But yeah, the, they typically take the characters who are a little more supernatural focused and yeah. and throw them on a team together. Blade will also show up on that from time to time. It's funny, really, because we kind of we got all these different names being thrown around, and it's almost like they've got so many characters and they can't really do everything with them. You know, there's not enough. They can't release enough movies for them. So they're kind of trying to work out what they can do with characters. But in some ways, you're kind of going, oh, is there too many? But then, you know, if we had two, three series a year, they're only mini-series. It it sounds a lot right now because we're running off a list of them. But these could all be like, you know, the ones they've already announced, the seven or eight series, they're like spread over three to four years. So, you know, we could be looking, it could be, 
2025 before we see some of these series come into, into effect. And we could always just see them not as series. They could work on a Ghost Rider property and it doesn't end up being under the Ghost Rider banner. It could be part of Moon Knight or something like yeah. that. And then and they can test the water. Is this character actually popular enough to, to support its own? Ghost Rider, not the best example because we, we've had two movies and Agents yeah. of S.H.I.E.L.D. But they can do that with any number of characters. And then we've still got like the Fantastic Four and the X-Men. But maybe that's the thing is where I'm looking at it now going, they're looking at it going, we could make more money with the X-Men and Fantastic Four and Deadpool and Spider-Man and keep these secondary tier characters, just pop them in, pop them out, and, it make, and they can boost up Disney+. Plus. But um, another one as well was apparently uh, Spider-Man 2099. This again, another rumor. Mm-hmm. But that one comes in, the fact that Sony could be working with... Uh, Disney on that project again, all in the all in the it's just in the rumor territory. There's so much going on right now with um, just rumors, and obviously as well, I would imagine you know they're writing this stuff. Maybe they are having early conversations, but who knows? I would expect that Spider twenty Spider Man twenty ninety nine would wait until after the um, into the Spider Verse sequel because he does appear at the in the at the very very end of yeah. the tra- the trailer the um credits he's in the end credit sequence he's in fact the main character of that sequence so if they were going to do something with spider-man 2099 i would mm-hmm. assume it would come after that sequel and people maybe know more about the character yeah and f- the final one for this week is um also nova again either disney plus or a movie this one uh it's just it's just been kind of uh floating around again it, this one's from the Illuminati, and it, it, this one kind of caught up because apparently Nova was supposed to was originally part of the Guardians of the Galaxy movie, but they ended up pulling him out of the script. But he was in the original script because obviously it takes place on his planet, and they got the Nova Corp and all the rest of it. And then he was apparently even in uh, Infinity War because he was going to basically come and tell Earth about what's happened but they decided to do it with the Hulk instead because rather than introducing another character. So this cat, I mean, I think they're desperate to get him in there, but they haven't quite found the right time yet. It's funny because he does have like a a little niche following. And I, Mm -hmm. I admit I've been saying a lot of, ah, this isn't my character. This is my Nova is my character. I really, really like the Nova character. And what I would kind of like for them to do with this, whether it's a show or a movie Mm -hmm. is start it, uh, with that Infinity War idea where he's on uh, Nova Prime or the, the planet when it gets destroyed. Because yeah. that, that is the one Infinity Stone where they're just like, oh, yeah, he took it from the Nova Corps and, and killed yeah. them all. They're, they're gone. Um, telling that story could be an interesting jump off point. It'd be very similar to the Annihilation story from the mm-hmm. comics from a number of years ago, which is a fantastic sci-fi story. So they've got a lot of potential with with that character. Uh, they just have to make sure that the visual design isn't utterly stupid because they're not going to follow the the design of the Nova Centurions that you see in the movie. They'd probably go something a little more traditional, but his traditional look is uh, stupid to be polite. It's kind of, I mean, I remember when when Disney Infinity uh, was at 2.0 came out and Nova was one of the Spider-Man characters. And I'm going, I've got no idea who he is. And he was in the cartoon and kind of, I got introduced to him for the video game kind of thing. And actually over the years, a lot of these characters that we've been talking about, I have come into contact with them through video games more so than through the comic books because they're in most video games because that's 
been there. I think it's been almost their plan for the last 10 to 15 years. I just keep dropping in all these characters. So eventually you do actually have some name recognition of them. That's true. And it's also worth pointing out that there are two uh, core Nova characters. There are actually several, but when they say Nova, they could be referring to Sam Alexander, who was the character that you saw in Disney Infinity, but they could also be referring to Rich Ryder, who was the original Nova from the 1970s. Uh, and honestly, they could do either of them. I would prefer Rich Ryder because he's a more interesting character. Sam was always kind of obnoxious. But again, they don't have to follow the comics for the for the movies or the shows at all. They could use Sam and then just do their own thing, not follow his storylines, which were... I, no, I can't even finish that sentence and stay polite. His yeah. storylines kind of, It's kind of strange as well. I mean, you're looking at all these characters and just thinking, they've just got so many. And they're all, they all are well-known. You know, I know to the ma- ma- mainstream media, they might not, but in the Marvel universe, they're all completely interchangeable. Some are more important than others, but... It, is, it does feel like that stage of like they are trying to step away from the Marvel that we've all known so far because all the actors are you know, getting older and they want to push them away. But also maybe if they leave it five to 10 years, they can, you know, do a, a jump and reset, all, and reset some of the act. And also if there's, I'm thinking if there's like 40 to 50 Marvel superheroes, it's easy to change the actor on one at a time. Then, <laughs> then at the minute, if they turn around, oh yeah, we know the Avengers, yeah, well, we need all of them to be replaced in five years time but if they do it one by one it wouldn't be such a big an issue it could be but we'll yeah. we'll see how they actually do it uh because a lot of those those contracts are running out too mm. it's always funny because when people bring up like nobody else can play robert down I mean, nobody else but robert downer jr can play iron man and, all of, and i'm sitting there how many Batmans have i had in my life you know <laughs> it's this kind of thing of i the, the characters kind of becomes beyond but Marvel's never Spider-Man's the only really character that seems to have managed to have done that Spider-Man it really depends on how deep you want to dig because like we had a previous Nick Fury we had a a previous Captain America things like that but the the difference being those were not connected to the the MCU when you when you're talking about like the actual MCU as it is Mm -hmm. now the only changes we've had the biggest one was uh Rhodey in Iron Man changing from uh, Terrence Howard to Don Cheadle. Mm. We've had a couple other smaller ones. We've had a couple actors maybe show up in a couple different roles. Yeah, because we but had was, that's about um, it. The guy that's going to be playing Blade, he um, was in was it? He was Cotton Mouth, wasn't he? In yeah, in, in the first uh, Luke Cage Luke series. Cage, yeah. So no, it's it's all kind of moving on. But there's lots of rumors going on, lots of stuff um, with regards to different characters. But I'd love to know what you guys think at home. So make sure you let us know. So moving away from all the Marvel. Uh, rumors, let's move into stuff that we do know about. So first off, National Treasure, apparently the third movie is still going ahead, and also there is a Disney Plus series. Jerry Brockheimer was on um, an interview with Colander, and he literally confirmed that there is a National uh, National Treasure TV series that they're working on. It's going to have a younger cast, um, whereas the movie will have and the same cast we've seen in the last two movies. But yeah, it's in progress. The script is done and they're currently working on the outline of future episodes. And this was like, okay, so we went from nothing to a movie and a series. <laughs> it was just like, yes, please. I love those first two movies. Love them. I enjoyed them. Uh, they're, they're fun romps. They're nothing I ever decided to revisit, but I enjoyed them at the time. Uh, a third one, uh, as long as it can capture the same energy, should be a lot of fun. They kind of kind of filling in the space that indiana jones has yeah. abandoned 
and maybe like doing a TV series, maybe if they bring him in and kind of do the intro in the, in the pilot and, pa- and you know, pass the torch kind of thing, or do they go completely separate? But I knew a younger people chasing around idea. I think it sounds great. Um, I've always liked National Treasure and also as well, it's very good. It's a, it's a very good um, learning experience for us like, outside to know what things like the Declaration of Independence are. You know, that was my, and the bell, uh, Washington, I only know about it from these movies. So it's... <laughs> That's fine. We we only learn about Big Ben and Parliament from movies as well, especially yeah, when Harry, they're getting blown up by Gerard Butler or whatever. Yeah, or, or you know the the big minibuses from um, Harry Potter. But that, yeah, those, I think those aren't real. I've never seen yeah. any of that. No. <laughs> <laughs> but now I do. I think National Treasure, great stuff. I think this is they they seem to be on a roll because. Um, I mean, also, that was coming right out of Jerry Bruckheimer's mouth. That's no like no concept of rumors. It's like he just randomly just dropped it i'm surprised that kind of went like that i think jerry brockheimer is one of the few people who's who's big enough to just be like i'll announce it when i feel like it i don't care if disney's gonna uh push back on it i'm excited to work on it so yeah it was just like okay you know because that would have been quite a big pr um thing but disney plus have had quite a few of them this week also, and I'll be honest, this one, when this one came up, I instantly thought of you that how excited you're going to be for this um, is going to be the right stuff. This was a National Geographic drama series, which is set in space based on an old movie, but I'm going to let you take away all this one. Yeah, so the right stuff is the story of the early American space program kind of interwoven a little bit with the Russian program, but normally as a, oh my goodness, the Russians are, are doing things much better than we are, or faster anyway, and, and to that end. And I always describe it as the opposite of Apollo 13, which is a movie about how the smartest minds coming together can accomplish anything. And The Right Stuff is a, a movie or now show about us being able to succeed no matter how stupid we are at the things we do. Now, I don't know if that's the... the um, I don't think that was point they're the going to take pitch. with this. Huh? <laughs> I don't think that was quite the, the, the same. No, this sounds a little bit more um, like rah rah. Look at the the great things. I'll focus on the the rivalry between some of them. And because yeah, obviously this the, is this is set like in the sixties, isn't it? In the uh, um, late fifties, early sixties. Because the first yeah. American space flight was sixty one. Uh, yeah, because it was just kind of things of when people kind of going well, they all look a bit stuffy white guys. And it's like, yeah, but that was the kind of the period. So the, it's trying to stay authentic to that. And this coming now as a Disney Plus original, I was like, boy, A, a great coup to get it off of National Geographic. But also it sings for a couple of things. First off, it is, have they just nicked it for National Geographic because they've lost a couple of series because of the filming going on and they need something big. My other thing as well of going, if you want to pull in adults, and you want to show that Disney Plus is more than just the Disney Channel, getting this drama series, you know, there is no concept of this being family entertainment in the same way of, you know, there's no, there's no kids in it. There's no, you know, they are pushing this as a pure drama series. And I was like, they, they've taken on board all that negative feedback they were getting a couple of months ago where they couldn't have this on, they couldn't have that. And they couldn't have, like, now we're getting a big drama. And I don't think we're going to start seeing things disappear from Hulu or off from Disney Plus to Hulu in the same way. But I thought this was a really big, like, a shoot of going, yeah, we aren't just going to have just kids stuff on here and Marvel. This is a, we've got that Bark Skins coming to National Geographic later this month. 
we need this. You know, if it's under the National Geographic banner, it needs to be on Disney Plus. And then you just start using that there and not being afraid of of that. And I thought this was just a, such a good move. Yeah, it's interesting, though. They're not doing a simulcast with it. It, it no. has moved Whole Hog yeah. from uh, television to Disney Plus, which is an interesting move. I also want to point out one thing. Um, yes, the core, the core story is about uh, seven stuffy white guys and the support staff, which is going to be primarily yeah. white guys. They are also talking about the story of the Mercury 13, which was the women's astronaut program that was yeah. developed at the same time. Uh, spoilers, they never go into space, honestly, so it's not going to have that, that great that cathartic season, moment. But they, isn't, that, isn't that going to be supposed to be season two? Because I remember in the initial press release, they were talking about like further stories that they've got in mind for this. At least from what I remember the press release, uh, the second season would focus on the Gemini mm-hmm. program, which was the second yeah. program. If they want to tell the story of the Mercury 13, it should go at the same time as the Mercury yeah. 7, because they were originally saying, well, should we launch a woman? Should we launch a man? And, and a lot of the early tests were actually, you know what, women are better prepared for this than men are, but uh, you know, 1960s, yeah. we can't be risking a woman on top of an exploding rocket kind of stuff. So they're not going to go into space, but at least they can maybe tell that story. And I know they were talking about telling that story in the early press releases of some women who were doing their very best to break some barriers there. Yeah, I think this. I just think this is such a show of like going, yeah, this is a proper drama. This is not, this is not, I know it, it technically is like a, a reboot, but it feels fresh. It feels completely different. Um, and I like I said, I think this is exactly what Disney Plus it needs some it needs some heavy hitting stuff to get adults, you know. Yeah, you, you, little Jimmy's not gonna want to watch this. Well, that's not for him. It's National Geographic and that and National Geographic have been doing lots of drama series. There's another one um is that Valley of the Silicon Valley or something on those lines. And yeah, they like yeah, they keep doing these kind of series and I hope we start seeing a lot more of this going forward. I mean, I do think right now there's a big push for uh, some World War II content that's going to be coming up on National Geographic in the coming weeks because of obviously yesterday was victor- victory in Europe day. We all had a big, uh, we were having street parties and stuff, but with social distancing and there was, you know, we got obviously in the summer, we've got the victory in uh, Japan day. So there's a lot of stuff coming on there and I kind of feel like Disney plus has missed that opportunity because they're a bit like, Ooh, we're not allowed to kind of do this. It's but if I kind of feel like they missed missed that opportunity to kind of use it as a learning source right now. Yeah, it, although they're not really positioned for it because as much as many good things as we say about National Geographic, ah, having yeah. a hard time talking all of a sudden. Uh, as many things as we say about them, they're not a history channel. They're not. Um, they're not really yeah. they do have content for it but they're not really a channel for no. um, world history wor- world wars korean wars because yeah. um, i was just going to bring this up because there was a because pre- they had a press release yesterday so i put up an article and they've got a couple of series like ww2 in europe voices from the front they also had heroes in the sky the mighty uh, air force there was um a couple of other specials uh that i think you know they they literally got a whole day planned with like Hitler's last year and sort of a, 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 from a Europe from above. And there's all lots of different series and stuff. And I hope that this kind of content will get put onto Disney Plus as well because it's important, it's history, and it shouldn't all just be kind of kept away away on Hulu. Because that's the thing as well, there's a lot of this stuff that ends up on Hulu because I was, I was looking for Hulu the other day and they got things like Genius and a few other 
big drama series that I'd hope eventually will end up on Disney Plus to kind of give us some more adult content. Right, moving on from there in another official, this is again an official announcement, Disney Plus has greenlit a new series called Just Beyond from Seth Graham Smith, who is the best, who did like a, a best-selling um, graphic novel by R.L. Stein. That was actually a boom comic book that they've kind of turned into this. I mean, the guy that he's behind some weird movies, Pride and Prejudice and Zombies, Abraham Lincoln, Vampire Hunter. The writer also worked on Dark Shadows, the Lego Batman movie. And yeah, it's, this one was, and again, I sort of saw the, the picture come up and go, wow, this is a little bit f- far away from what we're used to seeing on Disney+. Plus. It's going to be a, like a horror comedy show. I, I don't know, it seems a bit weird. Yeah, it's, it's a bit different from what you expect, but also maybe not on Disney, maybe more Nickelodeon, but yeah. I remember growing up with stuff like Goosebumps. Goose, and, yeah, I think and, he's, he did some stuff on Goosebumps. And Are You Afraid of the Dark, stuff like yeah. that, which are very horror light, um, very scary for kids, maybe a little bit less so mm-hmm. for adults. I remember Eerie Indiana. I remember watching Eerie Indiana as a, a, a thing. So there is kind of scope for them to do it and obviously involving kids and stuff. But A, I thought this is interesting on a couple of different levels. First off, kind of the, the official press release with the image they put out was not very traditional Disney kind of, you know, it does look like a proper horror with kids running away and screaming from a school, from the scare school. I thought that was kind of fun, but also... More importantly, Boom Studios, which they actually picked up in the 20th century uh, Fox purchase. We wonder what was going to be going over there, and they looked like they were already starting to raid the Warchester <laughs> over at Boom Studios now. Hey, the, the comic market has proven to be fairly lucrative, and there's a lot of different ideas, especially once you step out of the superhero shell. And Boom has a pretty impressive back catalog in terms of original content. So you're not going to get Spider-Man stories. You're not going to get uh, Nova stories or whatever, but there's been a lot of ability for creators to go to boom and tell the story they want to tell with very little editorial interference. And it's going to be hit and miss, but that allows Disney to just go, well, let's take the hits. I mean, this series isn't coming until full 2021. So it's still a while off, but we definitely, uh, it's been kind of quite funny because all these like announcements are coming through and like, uh, like a few things in a row of people in our Facebook group kind of going, okay, these are all like, these are not traditional Disney kind of stories. These are moving away. And I think, I still think that they, they learned from what was going on back in January and February and March with all that, with all that negative feedback with La Victor, High Fidelity, you know, it was seemingly like series after series was being cancelled even because of the tone's not right, the tone's not right. And it was getting to the thing of, well, the yeah, tone went so low that it was it was annoying, it was frustrating customers and they were getting... And I, these last few announcements of like Taylor Swift, ju- you know, just beyond and right stuff. This is not traditional, like, Disney fair. True, but it's also at least from the sounds of it, not exactly the same level of mature content that they were looking at with stuff like, say, High Fidelity. Uh, And I would would also say that a lot of the stuff that we heard about in January where they're like, ah, this isn't appropriate for Disney+, Plus, a lot of that was greenlit before they knew what Disney+, Plus was going to be, what they wanted to target, and they kind of overshot the mark. These Mm. projects that we're starting to hear about are the ones where they've course-corrected and said yeah, we do want stuff for adult and this is where we draw the line. So yeah, these creators can now go, all right, this is the limit and I cannot 
hit this limit, but there's still a lot of room for me to do things that I couldn't do on DuckTales. Yeah, and I'm hoping in some ways as well that they can kind of, you know, that family entertainment side of things doesn't necessarily always have to be aimed at kids. And I think we are seeing some content that are going, yeah, family's a little bit more than just that. And I'm, I'm this it kind of looking at this week's thing of kind of going, oh yeah, National Treasure, a load of Marvel shows, you know, some Star Wars bits. We've got National Geographic. And it's like, okay, it's feeling, this feels like it's building up a bit of momentum. Because obviously right now, everything is just shut down. Like Bob Iger was talking about how they all kind of want to get back to filming safely. And they're going to have to make changes to how they're filming. Um, and there was a great article again over, it was funny because it came up on the Hollywood Reporter about the fact of them trying to use the, the Mandalorian wall. Obviously, we can see it at the Disney uh, gallery show. I'm like, we've been saying this for weeks of like going, well, that's how they're going to end up getting around because apparently like the Czech Republic is opening up. So, you you know, they get, there was all these stories yesterday. Where they can go back and fi- finish off uh, Falcon and the Winter Soldier and go, not really that simple. It wasn't quite that they just opened up and you can all rush back in. It's like, yeah, Disney might not allow them to go back. <laughs> you know, just, you know, and how long have they got to stay in quarantine? I mean, our government just did it. Where if we come back and anyone comes into the country, you've got to do two weeks quarantine. It's like suddenly a, a, a week's holiday or a week's filming takes five weeks because of the quarantines at either side. You know, it's not quite as easy as just coming back just because one location's opened up. Yeah, and even if you say, okay, Czechoslovakia is open, let's go film. Uh, That doesn't mean that there is no COVID-19 in Czechoslovakia. It just means that they've they've decided the curve is flat enough. We can kind of weather it out. Uh, If you go to Czechoslovakia and you take your film crew and then the the next headline you hear is crew of Falcon and Winter Soldier, like 10% are hospitalized. It's it's. Not yeah. a good look. And apparently I think like the hotels and stuff aren't all open and the restaurants are all open. So there's no, there's no facilities for them. So it's a kind of, it was a little bit, I kind of saw this one yesterday and I was like, and then saw a few people tweeting afterwards going, whoa, whoa, hold on. It's not quite, you know, it's not going the same way as other countries if everyone's doing their own different things. I think, I mean, I know a lot of TV shows here are, they're getting back in the studio like this week and last week. A lot of them are doing, you know, they are sitting apart, you know, they are sitting in, and you're like looking at all these different, things that they're coming up with and you can tell that they're going to start filming differently you know you're not going to have for i think we're going to see a lot of quiz shows and easy content where they can put like you know three people from apart put the person there they do enough zoom ins you're going to be able to make it look like there's no space i think the mandalorian circle i think we're going to get a lot of that where you know they can kind of fake going to these countries and reduce the risks there's going to be a lot of less people on set so there's going to be a lot less extras and this is going to be effect for years. So this is not just something that they can just do and just get on with it and get back to it. I think, I think the Falcon and the Winter Soldier is that weird one because obviously they've got like two to three more weeks to film. Whereas with say something like She-Hulk, they can plan that into it. Whereas, you know, it will look a bit odd if everything in uh, Marvel Falcon and the Winter Soldier is in real sets in real time and suddenly this is one scene which looks completely out of place where they're all standing apart. <laughs> it's not gonna it's not gonna yeah. And we do kind of view that 360 wall as kind of a, a savior piece for yeah. things like this. But the, as you, you said, you have to plan for it. It's not like you can just go, all right, uh slap a, a desert image up on the screen and and that'll be fine, or or take some of the B roll that we shot from, mm. from these fight scenes and and throw it on it. No, yeah. it, it takes planning. It takes setting up. It, it's not just a magic. 
oh, now you're in Czechoslovakia. Oh, now you're in yeah. in Russia. Well, I'm, I'm, pr- I'm pretty much sure that I think that the the Obi-Wan Kenobi series will be done like that now. I think they will no longer... I can't see them going to, like... I think they were going to go to, like, Tatooine and film... But I don't know if they'll do that. They might go there and film some, like... I think it would be such- great if they actually went to Tatooine. That is some proper oh, location sorry. shooting. Oh, Tunisia, right that's what I was meaning. <laughs> I know what you meant, but at the same, it's like no, it's the same. They should go to Tatooine. Yeah, yeah. If they could go to um, Tunisia, it's, it's going to um, Hoth is the problem. It's trying to get in there. It's, it's all those rides on um, on what was it Star Tours that's kind of confused me when you're at the booth. <laughs> Actually, that would be hilarious if if any time they had to travel in Obi Wan, it was just them boarding Star Tours. <laughs> Rex turns up. Not, e- not even like dressing it up. Just literally go to Disney World and and hop on on Star Tours, and, and that's <laughs> that's the trip. <laughs> it is. I think it's just. I think we're going to see see lots of that going on. I'm um, speaking of Star Wars. A couple of other bits and pieces from there. We also now know that uh, Tensu Morrison, I think that's how I pronounce it, is going to be appearing in the upcoming second season of The Mandalorian. This has been reported by a number of the different trades. He, they don't know what role he's going to be playing. There's a lot of kind of a lot of kind of speculation about it being uh, Boba Fett because he originally played Jango Fett in Attack of the Clones. They then went back and re-recorded the voice for Boba Fett in the in like the remixed versions of the movies, and obviously as well in the Clone Wars cartoons and stuff. His whole look and voice and stuff is of those characters. So. I kind of was like, well, he could be Boba Fett, but he could be a clone. He could be Captain Rex. He could be just a, uh, an old clone with Ahsoka or any number of things. So I, you know, there's a lot of people go, oh, was he the person that was like mysteriously over um, Ming-Na? And like, yeah, but he could just be, he could just literally just walk in with Ahsoka, you know, as being an old rebel soldier or something. You know, we just don't know. We don't know. Boba Fett does seem like a, the most logical one, especially since characters like Rex are getting very old, even in that mm-hmm. timeline, the, the clones age yeah. uh, it, at an advanced rate, which was why mm-hmm. Boba Fett was supposed to age at the normal rate. But that's not in any way, shape or form a, a given. Now I do realize Boba Fett is probably the biggest character in star Wars that we know nothing about in terms of the current continuity. Is he alive? Is he not? There've been hints that he's alive uh, most notably in the aftermath trilogy of books, but you know, he was a huge character in Legends in the, pre, in the previous continuity, had a daughter, was the leader of the Mandalorians, all sorts of stuff like that. And we have seen nothing no, of him no. so far. And I know people want something uh, with apparently, Boba Fett, yeah. but yeah. that doesn't mean that that is the case here. Now, apparently it is only a small role because obviously they've already filmed it. So it could literally just be, uh, he could have recorded some voice work. Um, we just don't know. Um, but he has the fact that he's in it kind of starts feeling like the Mandalorian season two. They're like, okay, we need to fill this out and connect it a little bit more with the bigger universe because it's such a hit. So it's kind of it's like, going, I kind of liked it being out on its own. And now it's starting to feel like, oh, then we're getting Ahsoka, we're getting Boba Fett or clone troopers. It's like, can we make sure we keep it away from the Skywalkers? They do have to be very careful with how they do this. Uh, I think even in the first even, season, even though it was disconnected and there were very few things uh, where you go, ooh, that's part of the larger universe, um, they, they still tread that line. And I think that that final scene you know, um, from the, the final episode with, yeah. with him cutting his way out of the TIE fighter with the Darksaber was very much a moment where you, you, you can do it every once in a while, but you have to be careful that it doesn't turn yeah. into a series where... Um, 
you feel like you're missing all of the in jokes if you haven't been watching Clone yeah. Wars and Rebels and, and so on. You need to be able to go into the Mandalorian season two and watch it as the Mandalorian season two without sitting through it and going, wait, what's that? I, I hold on. I need to get a, a super Star Wars fan on the phone when yeah. I'm watching this to explain what the heck is going on. Uh, what was I was watching Star Trek Picard actually yeah. on, on CBS. Now it didn't actually do that. But I was watching the first couple episodes and I was immediately on, uh, I was chatting with my friend who's a huge Trekkie, like, the heck is going on here? What are they talking about? Some Romulan war and Mars got bombed? When did this happen? It turned out it, it didn't actually happen in any series. It wasn't supposed to yeah. be something you know about, but I was watching going, I haven't watched the movies. Do I need to watch the movies before this? Yeah, I must. Be, I did watch. I did watch a couple of episodes of Picard and just kind of fell off of it. I mean, I um, we, I grew up watching Star Trek every single week. I know we watched um, all the classics, all of Next Generation, all of Deep Space Nine, all of Voyager. I didn't really think much of Discovery. You know, we watched the one with uh, the guy from Quantum Leap. Kind of figure what that one was called, and then. Also, all the movies. I mean, I think even you know, my dad loves. He, he literally watches Star Trek nearly every night. He still <laughs> so um, Star Trek is always been the kind of thing of. I never really put it in the same category as Star Wars because it was always a little bit like no, that's just TV. It was just a TV series rather than like Star Wars was movies. It was that different level. Um, so I kind of uh, can appreciate Star Trek because the fact that I do it, but it was always that kind of thing. The space battles were like once per season rather than Star Wars where you had like the whole, you had loads of it. I, I grew up watching The Next Generation and then DS9. I, I loved them as a kid. I never became a full-on Trekkie, but I did love those shows and then just kind of fell off in recent years. And that was my thing with Picardo's. Like, I, I haven't watched Nemesis. I haven't watched... Hmm. Uh, whatever the i i saw first contact that was about it and and they jump into it immediately like mm. i don't know what's going on here as it turned out that was intentional you're not supposed to know it but that to get us back on track they need to make sure they avoid that with the mandalorian you don't want to be sitting there going um okay i know this orange character is important but i don't know why and they're just treating her as if we supp yeah. were supposed to know who she is or whoever uh Django or or Boba obviously it's not gonna be Django but yeah. whoever this character is and they managed to avoid that in season one because most of the like oh my goodness that that thing mm. I recognize that thing if you didn't know what that thing was you didn't even realize you were missing a reference no. which is how you're supposed to do it yeah. so speaking of that did you watch this week's episode of the Disney Gallery I did. Actually, I we, had, we, actually had, we had two didn't we we did because so, we had one drop on yeah May. it's kind of I do you know what my, um, May 4th feels so long ago. <laughs> it's like, it was only the beginning of the week, but uh, like double drop this week. And obviously we had the Clone Wars finale as well. I could, do you know what? I completely forgot that that was this week. I thought that was last week. <laughs> it, it, it's weird. This was a good week for it to happen for me because as yeah. it turned out, my Friday ended up being super busy and I would not have had a chance to watch anything. I would have carved out 30 minutes to watch Star Wars, Clone Wars, just mm -hmm. because it was the final episode, but I wouldn't have been able to see the Mandalorian uh, stuff. So thank you for dropping yeah. those on May the 4th. That actually meant I got to watch them before we recorded this. And you know, I said that I wasn't going to watch Rise of Skywalker again. Well, I did. <laughs> so oh, I, I was doing some bits and pieces. I was writing out some bits and pieces for the website. It's like, I ended up putting on, I only watched this like three weeks ago. So I did actually end up watching um, the uh, Rise of Skywalker. The reason for that was, was because for some reason, and I don't know what went on with this, Disney decided 
to release everything at midnight on the 4th. So what happened was Australia and New Zealand were picking it up on Sunday afternoon, my time. And then um, like America and England, then we got it in the, at midnight. And then like the Netherlands got it at like, you know, we're all getting it at different times. And so there was, there was spoilers all over the internet on Sunday. So I did kind of jump in and kind of watched, I watched it on Sunday night because it kind of broke up Star Wars Day. So um, I did watch it a little bit earlier, but yeah. So let's talk now, let's first off talk Disney Gallery. What's your opinions of that show? And now we've had two episodes. Yeah, so I really liked the first episode. Um, you get to meet the directors, you get to know more about them. Uh, they did a really good job of introducing Dave Filoni, who was mm. the, of course, the big yeah. Star Wars guru at Lucasfilms. And I loved his little story about meeting George Lucas and how he got the yeah. job on Clone Wars. That was, that was great. I didn't know that story, no. uh, which is exactly what you want from this. You want things that you didn't know behind the scenes. Uh, that said, the second episode was a little, little fuzzier because it, it was just, it, it wasn't about the Mandalorian. It was about the legacy of Star Wars. It's even called legacy, I think. And, and while that's important information to get out there, you need to, to set context. It's kind of like, um, I, I'm, here to, I'm here for the Mandalorian. It's funny. I kind of viewed it the exact opposite. I preferred the second episode than the first one because it felt like an, a natural introduction to kind of go, what are all your histories in Star Wars? You know, what do you remember? What do you like? What do you want? You know, and kind of telling the story of where they were coming from and how they got there rather than like, my problem was, and I have the problem with both episodes of, I don't like the individual story, the individual interviews. The kind of I'm sat on a set and I'm doing this fidget uh, featurette that will be on the DVD or be chucked up on YouTube, and it's like okay, the, the round table bit was what I loved. I loved that part of it, the conversation, the podcast kind of feel to it of where they're all, and it feels like original content. The minute they flipped to us like a you know a press junket event, it was just like, can we get back to the to the to them talking because this is just fluff. You just oh i'm here to sell the item and i've gone into car car uh, salesman pitch whereas the, the the conversation was much more natural so i think we're actually saying the same thing here because like uh dave filoni's story about um meeting george lucas and, and getting called in and all that was during the round table portion yeah. and it was much more entertaining with that because uh the other people were getting involved with it a little they weren't they weren't interjecting they weren't interrupting yeah. but you you got that energy of them being there and a, a storyteller with an audience. Cause there's very yeah. big difference between telling the story to the camera where you're obviously, you don't get much feedback from people and telling it to, you know, your friends, you, you it very much had that feel of you're, you're at a, a food place, uh, a restaurant, you're sitting down and you're telling that story of that wacky thing that happened at, at work yeah. and all, all the people are laughing along with you and, and kind of encouraging you. And that part was great when they cut yeah. to the individuals and like, this is uh, Taika, and you know Taika from Thor Ragnarok and what we do in Shadows. And, and it's like, okay, cool, but I want to hear it from him. I want to hear yeah. his funny stories. I want to hear the challenges that he talked about. And, and he could go, yeah, we were trying to get IG-88 set up to do, or IG-10, whatever it was, to, to do this kind of thing. And then John Favreau could jump in and be like, oh, yeah, we had so much of a problem getting it. And they didn't have that kind of thing, which I think would have been much better. I think there's that kind of thing for me of like, I kind of watched it and I remember kind of ending and went, oh, I felt like such a half bait. Let's take all the extras off of a DVD and just kind of, we've come up with this great idea of this round table idea. And then we've kind of, oh, we need to f stretch it out and fluff it out a bit. And with all this 
extra stuff because it's, you know, I mean, I like hearing about how they make it and, you know, the, the, the things behind it, but all that no other stuff, like, you know, the, there was a lot of like montages of like, this is, and like, you don't need to tell us this. Like we were sitting down and watched a documentary about how they made this TV series. We don't need an introduction to the characters. You know, it was just like, we don't need that. Yeah. It was kind of weird to focus on it too. Cause while they would also be like, okay, this is what Tycho worked on previously, you know, from Thor Ragnarok, yeah. they wouldn't necessarily tell you what he worked on in the Mandalorian. And they'd be like, Oh yeah. The third episode, the eighth episode, like, okay, I, I know what those episodes are, but a little more context. And if, when they introduced the people, they should have said, okay, uh, this is, this is Deborah. Uh, yeah. Chow. Chow. This is Deborah Chow. Uh, she did episodes three and seven, which were, uh, which were these plots. Uh, they, and it, it, you don't have to say, it, you just put it on the yeah. title card. These are the episodes they directed. Yeah. Uh, John Favreau directed the first episode, stuff like yeah. that. Uh, and instead they went off on a lot of unnecessary fluff. Uh, mm. And it was important to, to establish who they are and what they yeah. did and what their roles in the whole thing mm. were. You didn't need an entire episode dedicated to doing just that. No, it was, a bit, it was, it was that kind of weird thing. I'm, I'm, it's not kind of one of those shows where I am going to watch the series, but I'll watch it at my own pace. I'm not, I'm not, I will probably watch it each week, but it's not, I'm not sitting, oh, I'm like people, oh, we're going to learn. It's like, you just see this, it's, yeah, you are seeing a little bit of how they, they filmed it, but I don't know, it was, it was, I wouldn't, I wasn't really disappointed because I wasn't expecting very much. But there was a part of going, yeah, and when you do Disney Gallery, Falcon and the Winter Soldier, can you just forget all the, just do the round table and do a little bit of montages while, you, while they're talking or something, but forget all these press junket event footage because it just broke, the, broke it up. It didn't need it. It was like, this is, you know, I don't know. That was just my, my feeling for, from it. Yeah, and we'll see what the remaining episodes have because now that they've got the introduction out of the way, there is room for them to actually go into the interesting stuff. Uh, but for Falcon and Winter Soldier, I agree. Uh, get the introductions in, tell people what they need to know about these people, but then immediately move into it. We do not need basically two entire episodes of introductions to. And also, what really threw me off was we had those like we had like Catherine Kennedy and Dave Filoni and stuff, and they're all sat around. And next thing, we went back to the directors again, and I'm like. Are we not going back to the guys that we, you know, we were talking to in the first, you know, it was just like, I can see now of like how it's going to work with, they're going to be jumping between the three tables of what they've got set up between the eight. Ep- and it, I'm just thinking like eight episodes of this, this, this is going to be a, a stretch. They are really stretching it out. If it's like this, then yes. Uh, but if they get into some proper behind the scenes footage, if they start actually talking about some of the process rather than, than just talking. Yeah. Uh, it could be, could potentially be very entertaining because there, there are a lot of decisions that were made in that show uh, that I would love to hear their thoughts on. Like we were talking about the first or second episode of the Mandalorian, uh, the one with the Jawas, I think it was the yeah. second episode. And we were talking about them riding on the back of those yeah. like cow things and how stop motion animation it looked like. It was not fluid yeah. like you expect from CGI. I'd be like, I'd like to hear what your thoughts on that were. Why, yeah. why did you choose this direction? I can kind of, guess some yeah. of the ideas but tell us about it why'd you do that yeah, yeah it, was, it was a bit of an odd one i'm hoping it's going to improve and they've got places to go on um i like the concept and i like the idea of the disney gallery but i think they just need to 
maybe get some feedback from it from people and just kind of work out what they did because maybe it would have been better as six episodes and cut out all the solo interviews that might have worked better better but nevertheless let's move on now to the big one um the finale of star wars the clone wars to be our final topic so we are going to go into spoilers because it's been nearly a week now since it's been out um so what were your impressions of the finale i loved it i mean i i i, I can't really go into it much more <laughs> than that i thought it was it was a fantastic ending uh to the series it it leads in quite nicely to the post revenge of the sith era uh that final shot with vader walking away mm. reflected in the clone trooper helmet was just Honestly, it was beautiful. It was a great it shot. Looks, it looked stunning, didn't it? I mean, oh, the, the, especially that final shot when yeah. uh, they're on that planet and it's covered in snow. And it, it, it literally looked like a painting. Uh, yeah. Other than Vader, who obviously stood out as uh, a fully realized character. I think they used the models from Rebels, yeah. actually, by the look of it. But the, the backdrop, all of it, the, the Star Destroyer, mm-hmm. it looked like a painting. Yeah, I mean, I thought, like, it kind of... I wasn't too sure where it was going to go. And it was like, obviously, them escaping and getting out on the plane. And then I really liked how Rex kind of was so conflicted, you know, the whole time during it and how the kind of, you know, when they're burying him and all the rest of it. And again, I just would have loved that. Could you imagine if we'd had all four of those episodes as a movie on May the 4th? It's just in one piece. It would have just been so epic. I'm, yeah. I'm expecting that next May the 4th, a year yeah. from now, we'll probably get a supercut of this. Mm. Um, maybe slightly re-edited because there, there's repeated footage from you yeah. know when, when there would be commercial breaks or splits between the episode. Yeah. But overall, this as a single movie would be fantastic. Now, I will say that with a caveat. Mm. Um, it's not the, the movie that you introduce to someone who's never watched anything yeah. like that. This is not the, oh, where should I get started with the extended? Well, you should do the final four episodes of yeah. Clone Wars. No, uh, you, you kind of go, you should force your way through the first Clone Wars movie <laughs> and then work your way through the series because there's some great bits in the series and it, and it just ends really well. You, you get that satisfaction. Yeah. And, of having you, ha- a great and you have to have seen, you have to have seen Revenge of the Sith to understand this series. It's yeah. kind of one of those things because we, we, I mean, if the question gets asked so much in our Facebook group of like what order to watch Star Wars in and, you know, a load of people chiming in on the right order, the wrong order, this one, it is... And, you know, people are going, oh, you watch it and, you know, you do this, then you do the Clone Wars and it's like Revenge of the Sith. Like, no, 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 you can't. You have to watch Revenge of the Sith before you've seen this, this especially that last episode. And I, I always go with, uh, personally, I always go with release order. That was the order that we saw in originally. And yes, it might make more sense to do it the other way and it builds up to it. But there's so many little nods to the future that you need to, that you pick up on because, because there's some stuff in the Rebels, that, in, sorry, in the, those episodes of the last Clone Wars, that if you haven't seen the, rep, the the things that are supposed to be that you should have seen, you'll just go over your head, you know. And there's so many little things like that. But generally, on a whole, I mean, I just thought it was great that last scene. I mean, I just remember getting goosebumps of just like, oh yeah, this is you know this is good. And just that final scene of her just kind of throwing the throwing the um, lightsabers down and sort of stepping away was just like, and now she's gone into hiding. And, you know, that's just so cool. It kind of, it kind of was quite nice because, I mean, last year they brought out that Jedi Fallen Order video game and he was a Jedi that was hiding and then he had to come out and, you know, I, they've kind of been playing with that whole era a lot more. And I think we're going to see a lot more of that, obviously, with Obi-Wan Kenobi. But that whole concept of them all hiding away and scurrying around in the, in the and I just thought it was a, such a fantastic episode. 
Oh, it, it's a fantastic episode. It was a fantastic cap to the four episode series. Uh, it's a great series ender. You know, it's always disappointing when you get invested in a television show yeah. and you get to the final season and the ending is just abysmal. Uh, yeah. Obviously, I can draw one from recent memory that most people would refer to, but I, I think we can all find stuff that we grew up with or like that ending was was awful and well, it never ends because they cancel it and they just or they, or it just never ends. Well, that's what happened well, with the clone wars i mean they were lucky is, the fact that essentially the, the revenge of the sith was always there so we always knew what happened but there was a few little dots in the way but looking back on this like seventh season it was like a weird thing of like with the, the bad batch which was just this random collection of a, a good story just random the sister's arc, which was completely boring and unnecessary. And then with these final amazing four episodes, I mean, even feels like the artwork and the, the sound and everything was on a completely different level than those other eight episodes we saw in the first part uh, of the season. Yeah. I was, I kept going through this being like, those sisters have to turn up somewhere. Cause there's, ha- there has to be a reason that they yeah. told that <laughs> particular story uh, in season seven, yeah. when they had so many other stories they could have drawn on and just like, I get that you need to do the how did Ahsoka go from getting from leaving the Jedi to the Siege yeah. of Mandalore, but that story is like it didn't need him. No, you should have done something <laughs> different. That that was not a good story at all. Um, and then they had other stories like going back to Boba Fett. I, yeah. People love Boba Fett. They could have done the the Boba Fett splits from Cad Bane story, mm. which we know exists. We've seen storyboards for it from back before this was all yeah. canceled and. I'm kind of kind of curious why they went with with the Ahsoka and the sisters arc instead of something like that. Although they might be saving it for for a book or a comic or yeah. something. I don't know. But no, just I think in, in to finish up. Really, I mean, I, it was just an amazing way of finishing off such a great series. And it kind of feels it feels nice from the point of view now of having kind of had the Clone Wars for so long. Not not and there was this, there's been quite a few comments about the fact of it it was there for us when we were kids. And as we've got older, we've kind of adults have got more into it as, as they've got older rather than the other way around of being into it when they were kids and growing up with it. It's kind of a, a really weird series. Yeah, it is. And especially you go back to those first couple episodes, you go back to the movie, uh, the Clone Wars yeah. movie where we first meet Ahsoka and they're, they're off hunting for like Jabba's kid or something. Like, yeah. If you had told me after watching that movie that, we would get one of the, the best <laughs> Star Wars television shows endings. Uh, I'd, In 12 years' like, time. <laughs> yeah, no. The, the, the finale of The Clone Wars, uh, Anakin is barely in it. Obi-Wan yeah. is barely in it. It's this random clone trooper who you don't really know yet. It's that annoying little girl, Ahsoka, who you, you yeah. were just like, Anakin, throw her out of the Starfighter, please. Yeah. Uh, and, and it would be this like really big emotional thing. Like, nah, I, I wouldn't believe yeah. it. But at least between this and rebels they've had two very very solid uh animated series uh with very strong endings that leave you wanting more but also going that was a satisfying conclusion i am purposely leaving the resistance off that list yes they actually just added the first season over here um on monday uh so i haven't got around to watching it yet but they did because i was a little bit on the lines of yeah you know what i've watched a lot of star wars lately so um i'm gonna hold on to that one but yeah kind of doesn't have that same pull in but I remember with Rebels, it was one of those things of just one day going, like, you know what? I really think again, it was a Disney Infinity figure. Wow, these characters are popular. I maybe should actually watch these series. And with them being available on Disney Life for the long time, I was able to kind of go in and kind of take the time and watch all of them and all the Clone Wars. But yeah, just a, a fantastic end to, end to all. Um, it's interesting to see where we're going to be going next with Star Wars in terms of animation, because right now we've got nothing. You know, everything's finished. 
um, kind of rumors of another series with Ahsoka and Sabine. And I don't know. I mean, I would love uh, it's The thing is, it does feel a little bit like Dave Filoni is kind of moving into the real world. Um, like he's almost becoming like the, I almost uh, starting to feel like the Kevin Feige of kind of, he's the puppeteer of like making sure everything's interconnected and we need someone that understands. And it's it, watching those Disney gallery ones, you're kind of looking at going, yeah, he, they are, it feels like they're training him up for being in charge <laughs> kind of thing. Uh, he has very specifically said he does not want the leadership role. He no. would rather be a creative director, the creative over- yeah. oversight. Um, I kind of hope he sticks with that because once you become the, cre- the the lead, you stop yeah. becoming the creative person. Like you look at Joe Quisada over at yeah. Marvel. He stopped being an artist once he became the editor-in-chief over at Marvel. Uh, creative director or something. Yeah, we got yeah. kind of need creative he, well, president or something. <laughs> yeah, he needs to be the, the person who directs. And not, yeah. not directs episodes, although he do that too, yeah. but directs people. And he goes, okay, we're doing the Sabine and, and Ahsoka story this is the direction and keep people on task. Yeah. Cause definitely I think, I mean, Lucasfilm is more than star Wars. You got ILM, you've also got Indiana Jones. They're also working on a couple of other projects like with Fox and stuff like that. Um, so yeah, it does make sense in some ways. I think they are looking at the idea they need to do more with Lucasfilm with their talent rather than just keep um, doing star Wars. But yeah, as a whole, Clone Wars kind of finished off and it's like, Oh, okay. It was odd. Cause it was like yesterday. Um, it's like new new stuff on Disney Plus. I'm going, oof, Disney Gallery, big the big you know the um, the chef show, and I'm like, oh, okay, that's it today. <laughs> it was, it was a bit like that was a bit light. <laughs> Other than the Mandalorian and and what would have been the Clone Wars on Friday, uh, the only thing that that caught my eye was Disney Insider because it had the Run Disney feature at, yeah. on it, which I I haven't watched because I didn't have a chance to watch, and I kind of want to watch it, but at the same time, like. Would I watch this featurette if they had released uh, something like Falcon and the Winter Soldier yeah. this week? Um, like only as background noise, mm. probably. Well, next week we've got uh, Maleficent, Mistress of Evil in the US and Australia, not out in the UK just yet. I think that's going to be in June. And then we've also got a brand new series of uh, It's a Dog's Life. So we have got something new to talk about next week so we can watch that on there. But... Yeah, so that pretty much wraps up this week's episode. As I said, make sure you do go check us out over at whatsondisneyplus.com. Like, follow, and subscribe on YouTube and the audio platforms. Also, big thank you again to our patrons. And we shall see you guys in another episode. Later. Later. <laughs> Force yeah. be with you. I, didn't, I was and, not, no. No. <laughs> Live long just, may the force be with you yeah, yeah. <laughs> nothing gets everyone wound up more than that but anyway guys see you guys soon Laters. Mm-hmm.